Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living the life you've always dreamed of. I'm Ellen Barton, and today on the show, we have Dave Kirpin. Dave is a New York Times best-selling author. He's a keynote speaker, a social media guru, and the founder and chairman of Likeable Media. I have to smile every time I say the name of your company, Dave, Likeable Media. Big smile. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, no, I, I can tell already that this is going to be fun. But why, why likable? Why is that such a cornerstone of your work and your brand and, and your whole, I guess, philosophy? Well, it's interesting. It was actually a little accidental. The original name to the company was the K-Buzz, and my wife and I started it in our uh, basement. And uh, it was, uh, you know, K was for Kirpin and B- Buzz was because we were going to create Buzz as a marketing company. And then a couple things happened. One is that Facebook, uh, which was 2006 and 2007, Facebook opened up beyond college students to the general public. And we quickly realized that social media was a better way to create buzz than um, the offline events that we had been doing. And then the other thing was a number of people actually uh, thought that the K-Buzz was not a marketing company, but in fact, a radio station. And uh, we realized that it probably wasn't the right name for the company. So we, we had a number of options, and I had a friend that worked at Facebook, and I, we, we thought of uh, Likeable because they had just launched the Like button, and I, I remember running it by them, and, and, and they said, you know, it's a really good idea, but the thing about Facebook is we change things up so often that I don't know how long we'll even keep this Like button, and I said, all right, well, we'll take the chances. We bought Likeable.com for a very small sum of money, fortunately. And the rest is history. And, and Likeable has absolutely grown into a much, much bigger brand than what we initially intended it to be. My first book, Likeable Social Media, was all about how to create a, a social media presence uh, that was likable. And that, of course, was the initial meaning. But then, you know, my second book, Likeable Business, it expanded on the, the, the notion of likability to it just become much more expansive and not just be about social media, but being about how to build relationships with people in business and in life that are, are long lasting. And the core values of likability, as I see them, go far, far beyond social media to you know, things like listening, gratitude, authenticity, transparency, responsiveness, um, things that I believe make us likable as individuals and in turn, likable as leaders and as uh, business people. Yeah, no, I love it. And it made me think exactly of that when I first heard it was, um, and it reminded me of uh, an agency, an ad agency up in Buffalo that my friend used to work for. And their thing was they only wanted to work with nice people. They, they, would only, they were like, okay, you can be our client, but only if you're nice. Huh. And, you know, at first that seemed a little weird, but then not really because life is just too short to invest your time with jerks, you know. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. We, first, it's, it's really important to embrace likability if you want to work for me. And, you know, even before I think about who we work with as clients, I I think about who we employ and who we want to have around. And, you know, for me, it's really important to build a culture.
culture where people do like each other and people are nice and people are kind and listen to one another and are responsive and honest with one another. So I think that comes absolutely first. And then, uh, you know, you can turn to your customers and, and hopefully work with, with uh, likable people there too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that is um, such a huge part of culture and what keeps people around with, uh, within a company. I just came from a big business um, summit in, in Washington, D.C., and there were fantastic speakers from Richard Branson to um, Warren Buffett and all these like superstar awesome speakers. But that thing about company culture kept coming up again and again. And, and in this tight job market, you know, that um, – really making sure that your culture is a good fit with your people and developing that positive experience for people at work is more important than maybe ever before. Yeah. I mean, like you said, life is too short and we, we, we spend more of our time, more of our awake time at work than we spend with our friends and family and, and at home. And so if we're going to spend that, if people are going to invest that kind of time, you've got to build a place where they want to come to work each day and when, when they're where they're really excited and, and happy to be to be in that atmosphere. I think that's essential. And conversely, if you are not an not a business owner but a, an employee, you've got a life is too short not to choose to work to, at a place where you're happy and excited. I mean, it's you, you've got to uh, be excited to wake up every morning and go go to work. Otherwise, what what's the point? You know. And, and I I've heard this argument from some people. Well, I got to pay my bills. I got to pay my mortgage. Whatever it is. There's always a way. When, when, when there's a will, there's a way. There's always a way to find something that makes you happy. I, I really, truly believe that. There's a lot of ways to make money. You exactly. know, Lots and lots of ways. And what do you think, so, you know, just taking the likable idea a little bit further, because you are a social media guy, and these days social media is not always a likable, friendly place. Um, there's a lot of nastiness or people are, you know, feeling like they can say what they want to regardless, without any thought or caring about people's feelings, I guess. Um, like this whole etiquette thing is, is kind of, um, I, I don't know if we're still figuring it out or if it's just gone or, or what's going on. And is there any hope for our future on social media that it might one day be a nicer place or do we just have to block people that are um, not playing nice? Well, it's a complicated question for sure. I think that uh, tw Twitter, much as I love it, um, made some serious, serious missteps in not, uh, in, 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 in not verifying identity. And by not verifying identity, it caused quite a few of these trolls that have no shame in being awful human beings. And that scared a lot, a lot of people away from Twitter, which has left an even greater dis disproportionate number of trolls. So you basically Twitter, what's left on Twitter is media, marketers, celebrities, and trolls. <laughs> There's very few people, like actual real people on there. Um, the other social networks I do think are better than Twitter um, because of the the, the uh, identity issue, and I, I find actually that the, uh, I have, so I've, if, if, if I were to sort of rank civility by social network, I would say that Twitter's on the bottom, uh, then Instagram, which also doesn't have um, verification by name, 
than Facebook, which does have verification by name, and then LinkedIn. I actually have found that uh, people are most civil on LinkedIn where not only is your name tied in, but your whole uh, professional background is, is, is tied in at stake. And I think that adds a great deal of respect and civility to the conversation. So that's the good news. There is hope, I believe. Yeah, no, and I do think there's hope. I'm, I'm absolutely an op- optimistic person. But I'm very interested in this, and especially when it comes to making, you know, to meeting new people and to making authentic relationships and figuring out how to do that on social media. And I think you hit upon, you know, LinkedIn is a, actually a great place to do that, but it takes a little figuring out, at least for me it has to, um, and I don't know if I do it the best way, but I'm starting to make, um, like, real connections on um, on LinkedIn, and it makes me really happy, but it's, uh, it's, it's like a slow process. Like, do you have any advice for people looking to make uh, those kind of authentic connections? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say, first and foremost, offer value first. I've been very fortunate to make um, all kinds of amazing connections on LinkedIn that have served me extremely well um, in my career. And I always figure out a way to add value first. And, you know, so for instance, when I, when I met Barbara Corcoran through LinkedIn, I reached out to her and I said, you know, I think I can help get you into this LinkedIn influencer program. Um, you know, would you like, would, would you like my help? And I, no, no, no strings attached. And she said, yes. And I got her into the LinkedIn influencer program and we've been friends since, and she's been very helpful for me. Um, I believe that everyone out there has something to give and something to get. And you may not realize right now what you have to give to somebody else that you want to meet, but I assure you, you do have something to give. The example I love to use that actually involves another social network is um, when I speak to college students, uh, I say, how many of you, you know, would feel comfortable reaching out to uh, the CEO of a fortune 500 company and, you know, only a handful of, you know, very bullish, brave people say, uh, say yes. Then I say, well, what if, what if you were reaching out to help them? And they say, how can I help the CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I'm just a college student. And, and, and I say, well, I'll bet you anything that if you reached out on LinkedIn and said, uh, hey there, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, Fortune 500 CEO, I would love to do a, a 15, 20 minute uh, uh, Snapchat tutorial and teach you about this whole new way of communicate, communication that my generation uses that um, you really need to know about if you're going to think about your future customers. I'll bet, you, I'll bet you some people will take them up on that offer. And so the idea here is figure out what it is that you have to give to that person that you want to connect with and be generous in, in offering that value with no strings attached. And there will come a time where, um, where you then um, can ask for help. I'll give you another example. Uh, one, one of my followers on Instagram, he shares and comments on every single one of my posts. Every single one. It's unbelievable. And is always kind and a great cheerleader. And I've never met the guy, but really just a, just a, a, a true super fan, I would say. Well, he recently he reached out and asked me for a meeting. Tons of people reach out and ask me for meetings, but I, I can't say yes to them because of natural time considerations. You know what? I gave him a huge yes because I recognized him because he likes and comments on all my posts. So just that, just that, that he had already provided tons of value for me by engaging and, and being friendly and being a great cheerleader and being kind. So those, 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 those basic things 
I guarantee you, Richard Branson doesn't read necessarily all of his comments, but he reads some of his comments. If you're if you're following him and you and you comment on all of his articles and you share all of his LinkedIn articles and you tag him, when you reach out to Richard Branson, you're going to be much more likely to get a response. Yeah, I that's one of my favorite things about the world today is that there is this level of accessibility. But you're right; you just have to be authentic and. Um, and I think too, you know, share things, give thoughtful response, share things that you really that really do resonate with you. At least that would be my advice, you know, to um, as opposed to what you're going to get out of it, even if someday you do end up getting something out of it. Exactly. Yeah. No. Give. Give. Show your friendship first is what my father-in-law used to tell me, and I think that really works in life and in social media. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I, I met somebody um, recently on social media and, and I had been kind of, she, um, she's, a, she's a writer and she just like was posting things that I, I don't know, they just resonated with me. And I was in D.C. and I noticed that she lived in D.C. So I was like, hey, can we meet up? And it was so fun to take that. I know that this is, you know, you can't always do it, but it was really, it, it was a true authentic connection. We did have a lot in common. It was really cool that uh, it was um, a nice connection that was made, you know, just because of this platform. And I don't know if we'll end up working together or how, where that's going to go, but it was just a cool conversation. Yeah, totally. totally. So really, really nice. So um, let's talk about something. I know you've been asked about this a lot, but it's really interesting. And it's your wedding. And it's a, you, you did a sponsored wedding, which is just, fascinating. So can you tell us about that? Sure, sure. So um, uh, so my wife and I are both marketers and salespeople. And, and when, it, when we got engaged, we wanted to, I wanted to have a very big wedding. Um, but we didn't have the money back then to pay for that. And um, but we did have an idea. And the idea was, if we were to get married at a baseball game, we could invite anyone we wanted and uh, you know, create a really awesome event. And so we pitched the Brooklyn Cyclones, which is a minor league affiliate of the Mets. Um, and I'm a big baseball fan and a big Mets fan. So that, that was awesome. And uh, Steve Cohen, the general manager of the Cyclones said, you know, I think this is the craziest idea I've ever heard, but he's like, I don't know, there's something about you guys. I think you can pull it off. And he gave us a shot and we, we got all the, the sponsorship inventory from the game. So obviously, you know, anyone that's been to a, a, a baseball game or a sports game, a sporting event knows that there are sponsors in between all the innings and uh, that, 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 uh, that do various promotions. And so we had all that inventory to work with. So we, we, we sold our, our, our wedding vendors, those sponsorships. So for instance, 1-800-Flowers.com, instead of um, throwing out t-shirts throughout uh bridal bouquets, uh, you know, in between innings. And Smirnoff created a, a, a custom drink for, for the night. And Entomans um, uh, came on board, you know, doing uh, desserts for our wedding and sampling uh, at the stadium. And so, so on and so forth. We raised $100,000 for sponsors and from sponsors and $20,000 uh, for charity for the MS Society. And yeah, it was an amazing, amazing event. Of course, uh, I got married in, in, in front of five thousand people and 500 friends and family and uh, on a baseball field, which is awesome. And all the sponsors got incredible value. It, it turns out in the end, because we had so much media uh, there. So sponsors were just thrilled. 
at the at the end of the after the event, our wedding vendors literally said, "This is awesome. What are you guys going to do next?" And we couldn't get married again, so we actually started our, our first company uh, on, on on the uh, on the, the backs of our of that wedding. So that was, it was that wasn't our plan, of course, but it ended up being pretty awesome uh, that we became kind of accidental entrepreneurs through through our wedding. That's a cool story. It's a really cool story because you took something that maybe you couldn't have afforded or you couldn't have afforded. And instead of just saying, oh, I guess we can't do that, you figured out how to make it happen, which is awesome and so entrepreneurial of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because you know, that was that was 11 years, uh, oh, my goodness, 12 years ago now. It's my first interview of 2018, uh, I guess. Or actually, it's the first time I've been asked about my wedding um, in this year, 2018. <laughs> so, yeah, it was 12 years ago now. And, and, and the businesses that we've gone on to run – and build have absolutely nothing to do with, uh, you know, stadium events and, uh, and promotions like that. But we still tell that story from time to time to prospects because it does speak to our creativity and innovative thinking and, you know, ability to kind of think out of the box. And I, and plus it's obviously a fun story. And so, so uh, not only do we tell it, but our, our employees uh, sometimes tell that story too. Yeah, no, that's awesome. But it is, it's, it is an entrepreneurial mindset where we, we, you know, don't tell me why this can't happen. You know, let's just figure this out. And I love that. I speak to schools on entrepreneurship and I, and I, I really, I, I believe in the model of entrepreneurship as creative problem solving. It, you know, people, you know, you see a problem and you think of a creative solution. That's, that's entrepreneurship. And, you know, you can do it at small scale or at enormous scale, but that's, that's truly uh, what an entrepreneur is. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do think that we entrepreneurs are a special breed of person. Sometimes you mentioned that you, you may consider delving into politics, and I um, would suggest that there are many politicians that could use a good dose of entrepreneurial creative problem solving. So <laughs> good luck with that, Dave. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's, indeed, it's a it's uh, I'm on I'm on our school board now, so I've already had a little dose of local politics, and it's it's been surprising to me and, and challenging to me how difficult it is to navigate the government systems versus um, entrepreneurship, you know, versus being your own boss and, and the private sector. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way, and I I do yeah. I do think to your point, um, our government, local, local, state, and, and national could use some 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 more uh, entrepreneurial thinking and, and creative problem solving and if, if we had if we had more people thinking that way we could uh, probably do you know come up with some pretty awesome stuff yeah yeah and just get it done don't tell me why it can't be done just get it done but um, coming off the heels of that wedding conversation I want to talk a little bit about your wife and some of the things that she's doing because you mentioned that she has a new book out so what's that all about yeah, so I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty lucky because I, I can't think, I, I really, I, I can think of very, very few guys out there that are married to their uh, business partner and they, they both have best-selling books. It's really, it's, it's quite. Uh, I sometimes I just pinch myself when I wake up because of how fortunate I have been. Um, so Carrie is, is, is the love of my life and the mother of my three children and the uh my co-owner on our businesses and now just just last month joined me in the uh, best-selling book club she i uh, wrote a book called work it secrets of success from the boldest women in business 
and it's really awesome. She interviews Barbara Corcoran, who we mentioned earlier that I was able to introduce uh, her to, and Cheryl Sandberg from Facebook, and Randy Zuckerberg, and uh, quite a few women, about I think about 60 interviews of women in the book, uh, many of whom are household names, like the ones I just mentioned, many of whom are not household names, but they're very successful and happy in their own right. She interviews business leaders, she interviews entrepreneurs, she interviews stay-at-home moms about how to find success. And the, the book is all about finding your own path to success rather than uh, her telling you exactly how to be successful. I think it's a bit of a change from some of the books out there that uh, aim to tell you you have to lean in or you have to be a, a girl boss or, or, or sort of the, some of the various prescriptive books. This one is much more about telling various stories of women and, and helping you find the, the ones that best resonate with you. Well, that sounds fantastic. I am definitely going to pick that book up. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, that sounds great. And what, so we talked um, about your, some of your successes and your creative problem solving abilities and all your boundless energy and all the many things that you do. In your, you know, look, your experience, what is um, beyond creative problem solving? What are some of the common attributes of successful entrepreneurs or people that you've seen do really well? Um, what are some of the, like, if you had to kind of identify what's in the secret sauce that um, budding entrepreneurs would perhaps want to nurture in themselves, can you give us like some nuggets sure. or some direction? Sure. I'll tell you, I'll tell you some nuggets from my second book, Likeable Business, which is my best reviewed book and my worst selling book. So it's proof that everyone judges a book by its cover. I believe that it's a horrible cover and a horrible t t subtitle and title, and, 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 but nonetheless, it's my best reviewed book, so hopefully there's some good nuggets in there. And in the book, for that book, I interviewed uh, a couple hundred CEOs and various leaders, and, and what I found was that two things kept coming up amongst the most successful uh, entrepreneurs and leaders. And those two things, first one is uh, listening, and uh, and listening has been a theme in a lot of my writing and books because I think it's the single most important skill and the single most underrated skill. Everyone thinks they're a good listener, but very few people are actually good listeners. And there's a huge difference between listening and waiting to talk. And so it's all about improving your listening skills and genuinely listening to understand versus listening to reply that, that, I believe, is one trait that, that, that successful people have and that if you want to be more successful, uh, you can and should hone your listening skills. And the second, this is even easier than listening, and yet so many people, I guess, take this one for, gra uh, for granted, and that's gratitude. Um, I found dozens of successful folks that practice active gratitude, whether it's writing a gratitude list. Of, 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 of things and people that you're grateful for every day or writing handwritten thank you cards as I do or uh, going around the table at dinner time every day as I do and everyone and the family says uh, one person that they're grateful for that day uh, or, 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 or before you go to bed at night, the last thing you do is thinking of 10, 10 things or people that you're grateful for. These sorts of principles, uh, these sorts of practices, while seemingly unrelated to success, 
are totally related to success for the simple reason that gratitude is the number one mood stabilizer and drug on the planet. It puts you in a better mood. Gratitude takes you from good, from bad mood to good mood, good mood to great mood, great mood to ecstatic. And people talk, you mentioned all the time, my energy, my positivity, my excitement. All that is very, very contagious. It's contagious with your employees. It's contagious with your customers. It's contagious with your prospects. It's contagious with the media. And all that, all that uh, positivity can come from, I don't know, people that drink lots of coffee or people that do like certain drugs, but it can also come from gratitude, which is like this totally organic yet unbelievably powerful uh, uh, drug w within us. So I, I, th those are the two things I would, I would point out are, that are most valuable uh, for, for, for success in entrepreneurship, as you asked, and I would argue even in life which you didn't ask, but I'll, I'll, I'll extend, I'll extend it to that. Anyway. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And it's probably the best way to motivate other people is to hear them and to appreciate them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about your latest book, the art of people, 11 simple people skills that will get you everything you want. Um, we probably don't have time to talk about all 11, but what are the top uh, couple people skills that, uh, people maybe don't think about or need to think about more? Sure. Well, I'll give you one um, very specific one. I'll, I'll give you one kind of general set of skills and then one very specific tactical one because I really like uh, when I listen to podcasts when people have very specific takeaways. Sometimes like the general stuff is exciting but sort of too broad to actually make happen. So we talked about listening. I'll start with the general. Talk about listening. Listening is the start. And then if you want to continue active listening, there are two really valuable principles to put into play. One is mirroring in which you actually reflect back what you've heard from someone. And it's an amazing way to get to become a better listener, but also to endear yourself to people because when people hear their own words back, they know you were listening and they feel even better about being heard. And then the second more advanced principle to mirroring is validating. So not only reflecting back what you've heard, but putting yourself in their shoes and thinking about and feeling how they likely feel and validating that feeling. Wow. Oh, it must really suck to have to deal with that issue. Oh, or wow. You must be so proud of your daughter. That's amazing. Those are examples of how to take listening to the next level and to build relationships that are going to be deep uh, and, and, and well-received very quickly. Then the very super tactical thing that's, you know, maybe, maybe seems silly, but probably, you know, there's 53 chapters uh, in the book and 50, so you think 11 is a lot, there's 53 skills that, uh, and, 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 and tactics that I talk about in The Art of People. But the one that I get the most feedback on is called Always Take the Water. And the idea is whenever you go to a job interview or a sales pitch or a, frankly any meeting with a new person, if they offer you water, take it. They offer you water, coffee, tea, take it. A lot of times people don't take it because they feel like they'd be putting people out to take it, to ask for it, and they don't, they don't want to put people out. They want to keep things as um, easy as possible. But uh, the con on the contrary, 
Uh, I remind people that if somebody showed up at your house and you offered them water, uh, juice, something to eat or drink, and they said, no, 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 I don't want anything, you would actually feel like a bad host. You would feel uh, a little annoyed, a little frustrated, a little like, hey, why don't you want anything from me? What's up? You know, you don't like, you don't, you don't like me. You don't want my hospitality. So if you would feel that way as the host, why would you ever set somebody else up to feel that way? Instead, take the water, take the coffee, take the tea, take the beer, take, take what, what they offer you, and that'll actually put them at ease, which will in turn make for an easier, more productive meeting for you. Those are great tips. Wow. I'm taking notes. And I, I think I'm a good people person, but I still like, can always improve, right? We can always improve. We, and, and it's the people that know that they are interested in people that can improve the most because they're the most invested and interested in learning more. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What, um, so we, this is not a long podcast, so we, we can't talk forever. I'm sorry. But, we can't, um, I, have, I, have, I have a meeting at the top of the hour, too. Darn it. But I do have one more question. Um, What advice would you give to your younger self? I have to go, or I, I, not that I have to go, I have the privilege to go and speak to a college class of entrepreneurs, of budding entrepreneurs uh, in the near future. And I'm always curious. I really like that population. I really like that age. But um, what advice do you give to those 20 year olds that are, you know, coming out into the world, 21 year olds. Yeah. I wrote a graduation speech for LinkedIn. I haven't given it yet. I'm looking forward, looking forward to get to a school that asked me to give a commencement speech at one point. It's definitely on my bucket list, but I did write the speech because LinkedIn did a series for influencers where they asked us to write a commencement speech. So I think I had like 16 pieces of advice in that. I'll just give you a couple um, that, that I would, I would, I would, you know, advice I would give myself, the things I would do a little differently back then. Uh, take more chances. Write more. Don't watch so much TV, especially TV news. Floss. <laughs> and lift, lift other people up. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Every one of those things is something we can all uh, embrace. So thank you very much. My, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, if anyone wants to connect with me, ask questions. Etc. I am a, I am responsiveness is one of my personal core values. So you can hit me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and uh, I'm happy to answer questions or, or chat with anyone out there. Fantastic. I will put all of those links on my show notes page. And uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk with me today. I really, really, really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. And one more thing, actually, I have a, I, I do office hours every Thursday um, and you have to wait a while, but if anyone wants to, to, to meet with me, uh, you can just go to scheduledave.com and set up time to meet with me. Uh, like I said, it's definitely a long wait now, but, but I'm, I'm happy to meet with anyone that wants to, to, to talk further and ask me questions. Oh, that's fantastic. So you're, you're truly uh, making a point to give back. Definitely. It's really, really important to me. And it's very selfish because it makes me feel great to give back. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. Well, good for you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to talk with, with me today and, and to be on the show. Thank you all for listening. My guest was Dave Kirpin. You can find this complete interview and all of his links on our website, readysetgrit.com. Thanks again for joining us and check in again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on turning your daydream into a phenomenal success. 
Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.